Welcome to the Claudio Rosano Show on ClaudioRosano.com, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Claudio will be speaking to sports legends from the 70s, 80s, and 90s about their careers, business, and what they're doing now. He will also hold roundtable discussions with some old friends about trending topics in the world of sports. And now, here's Claudio. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into the Claudio Relsano Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. We are recording from the My Policy Quote Studios here in Swickley, Pennsylvania. As always, want to thank my fantastic producer, Mr. Adam Zalufa. Could not do the show without Adam, trust me. And the intros and outros from Rick Mitchell. You'll be hearing his voice because he is a guest on the show today. And we have another very special guest, and I hope I have some of his expertise in this topic correct. He is the Executive Vice President, Corporate Communications at Keystone State Wrestling Alliance, the editor of Keystone State Wrestling Alliance Digest, and he's also the ring announcer for Kate for Keystone State Wrestling Alliance, and that's Tom Liturgy. Welcome, Tom. Welcome, Rick. Thank you. How Thank you, you very much. All right, right. Good to hear from you. And, and Tom, you and I have been texting for a while, and I'm, I'm glad to finally be able to get you on the show. It's a pleasure. All right. Okay. We're going to start off with, uh, obviously, this is going to be Wrestlers of the 70s and 80s series, which Rick has been on many, many times. And I've gotten a ton of uh, great emails, Rick. They, they've enjoyed going back uh, to the past, and they appreciate some of the things that we've brought up that a lot of people may have forgotten. But um, today we're going to talk about the managers, and we're going to start off with Captain Lou Albano, the guiding light. Tom, we're going to start with you. Uh, some some things, some memories, some thoughts about the captain. Well, uh, thank you very much for having me on the show. It's uh, of course it's, it's wonderful to be here. Um, thank you. I'm 55, and I came. I come from Cambria County. And we didn't have cable until the 80s, early 80s. So I missed a lot of stuff. And I've been doing a lot of catch up on a lot of the um, you know, late 60s, 70s. I actually hosted a um, uh, history of professional wrestling in Pittsburgh class at CCAC in 2016. Wow. And that was based on a lot of the stuff that happened before studio wrestling. And uh, so I'm playing catch up on a lot of this stuff. But as for Captain Lou Albano, I was first introduced to Captain Lou via Cindy Lauper. Um, okay. With girls just want to have fun video because, uh, you know, I'm an MTV, uh, you know, kid from the, back in the 80s. And when you first saw the, the video, that's the first time I was ever exposed to Captain Lou. And I just recently did a story uh, for a, a website about uh, Cindy Lauper and Captain Lou. Um, I, like I said, I'm 55, and I was shocked to find out that Captain Lou Albano was 50 years old in that video. Wow. And in my wow. opinion, I thought he looked 65, but you know, <laughs> he was he was, uh, he was older. He was uh, older then. But uh, I've learned a little bit more about him since since then, obviously. Uh, but in the 80s, uh, when uh, Cindy Lauper really uh, added a new dimension to Al Lou Albano, from my expertise, anyways, uh, from from watching wrestling back in the day, 
And, um, you know, her involvement and him going from a, from a heel to a babyface manager to somebody that people loved, uh, just such a, a tremendous uh, manager. And of course, before that, he was a, he was a uh, decorated tag team wrestler with the Sicilians. And actually, the Sicilians are in the Keystone State Wrestling Alliance KSWA Hall of Fame. They were inducted a couple of years ago oh, wow. uh, because of their, um, their work with studio wrestling here sure. in Pittsburgh back in the day. Well, before we get to Rick, because Rick and I are 58 and 57, but and we go back a little further with the captain, but you mentioned the Sicilians. Uh, Bruno Sammartino told a story on a shoot interview that let's just call it a, 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 a group of uh, people went to Albano and uh, uh, Tony Altimore and they said, hey, that's enough of the Sicilian thing because of the way they dress, the, the, the connotation that that name and their actions had. They were, to- they were in Chicago. They were told to stop and they stopped that day. Boom. End of story. <laughs> Rick, uh, your thoughts on uh, and, and uh, you know, memories about uh, Captain Lou Albano. Well, yeah, the, the, the he was probably. He was probably the the the, the manager that I liked the best, especially where, you know, and I know we're going to talk about uh, a few of the other guys, but he was probably the, the, the best manager. Uh, just, just simple, simply for his interviews. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. he would, he would, he would just spout nonsense for two minutes, but he would, he would throw in one really intelligent, really, really, um, uh, smart line or one, one, you know, or he would start out that way. He would say, well, Vince, you know, and he would, he would sound really intelligent, really, really, you know, uh, uh, knew what he was talking about and everybody, Oh, okay. And then all of a sudden he, he would just, it would just go off the rails, you know, which was hilarious <laughs> to me when I'm 13, 14 years old. Um, and he, um, uh, what I didn't realize, and I, as I'm doing a little research for the show tonight, what I didn't realize was he was the manager of Ivan Koloff. Right. When, yeah. when he beat, uh, Bruno San Martino in, in 71 at, at Madison Square Garden. For some reason, that has always escaped me. I didn't realize that that, that the captain was the manager of Ivan Koloff back then. And they, uh, they just read a story about how they were rushed out. Koloff and Albano were rushed out of Madison Square Garden. Albano's wife was with him. And they were uh, people, they, they started a riot in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> And they ran into a bar and the, the bar had so much damage that Vince McMahon senior had to pay this damage, which today was like uh, the equivalent of $180,000 worth of damage or something like that. But that's how much heat Albano could draw. And obviously, you know, uh, San Martino losing in Madison square garden had a lot to do with that. But, uh, and, and Bruno in fact was the one that, suggested to Vince McMahon senior that Albano who according to Bruno was a mediocre wrestler right would would be better served being a manager being a mouthpiece 
for these up and comers or these guys that didn't didn't have great mic skills or things like that. Bruno was the one that put the bug in, in, in McMahon Senior's ear to really um, uh, kind of launch Albano as a as a as a as a Hall of Famer. I mean, again, he was a he was a mediocre wrestler. He did have success with um, with uh, with without uh, uh, without as the as the uh, Sicilians, but. I mean, but but his his career just exploded when he became a manager. And, you know, the thing is, yes, Bruno opened the door for him. But like Gail Sayers used to say, all I need is 17 inches and I'll run to daylight. Well, yeah. Lou, Al- Lou Albano ran to yeah. daylight. And, um, and and yes, he was Kolos manager. And then later he was uh, Morocco's manager. Uh, yeah. he, bu- he bought Pat Patterson's contract for $100,000, but that didn't work out too good. <laughs> then, uh, then, then Snooka, of course, but um, yeah. obviously he was known for his interviews without question. And and I, Rick, I've said this to you all the time, Tom. On on YouTube, there are two channels that show nothing but seventies and early early eighties. I'd say late eighties, seventy seven to eighty two, two different uh, YouTube channels. I watch those every single night my wife says don't you get tired of watching <laughs> this guy say i'm gonna break your head open i said no because to be honest with you it's the only thing that i can watch that takes my mind off of you know chasing a buck to be very honest with you and <laughs> it brings me back to when i was a junior when i was a freshman in high school and all that stuff and it just brings me back to a very special time but albano uh was known for his tag teams and, and I, Tom, I don't know if you can help Rick. I, I, I know I'm sure we can answer most of these, but they said he had 13 tag team champions and I didn't want to cheat and go on the Internet. So <laughs> I'm sure that we can the Samoans, the Valiants, the Moondogs, right. um, the Lumberjacks. Well, and don't forget later um, uh, the, the, the British Bulldogs and, and, and Barry Windham the, and Rotunda. Uh, the U.S. Express, yeah, right, right, right. yeah. Fuji yeah. Saido, I think these are all we all know these. Black oh, Jack. that's right, that's right, yeah. yeah. And then the, the funny one was, and it was one of my favorite matches, Tom and Rick. There was a match between Blackjack Lands and Blackjack Mulligan against Dominic Danucci and Rivera, Johnny Rivera, before he okay. turned before he turned bad. Pretty sure it was Johnny Rivera. Yes, it was. Pretty sure. Anyway, so the Blackjacks aren't doing so well. So Blackjack Mulligan leaves the ring. And Antonio Rocco was one of the announcers. And I didn't understand what the hell he said. But anyway, I'll bet, I'll, uh, Blackjack Mulligan goes to the locker room and he comes back with Albano. And it was an, a fantastic match that ended up outside uh, the ring with, with, the, with the steps being broken. And then he led them to a championship. And then... Um, uh, the executioners with uh, Killer Kowalski and J- Big John Studd. I believe it was John Studd. It had to be. Then Mike Sakluna. I'm trying to think who his partner was. And then the last one, I know he had Luke Graham, but I don't know who Luke Graham. And the Valiants, of course. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. the Valiants. Right, right. Now, Tom, do you remember who, and Rick, I don't know, maybe you do, Mike Cicluna, and who was the other one, and Luke Graham, and who was the other one? Do you guys remember the other tag team partner? I I do not. I'm I'm 
trying to uh, trying to think of who it was. That's early. That's early seventies. Yeah. Yeah, I'm coming up Snake Eyes too, Claude. I can't remember either either of the other guys. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think. I I can picture Sakluna, but I can and I picture Luke Grant, but I do not know their their partners. But anyway, but yeah, Albano yeah. with his uh, now some of his without us going into detail some of his interviews would be just he would be done <laughs> he'd be done and but i tell you one i tell you one was that was funny when andre the giant and jimmy snooker did one of their promos albano said those there's a couple of linguists yeah. and it was just hilarious <laughs> oh man but uh so so final thoughts on lou albano rick it is and he in your opinion well, well, we'll do that last. But your 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 opinion about final opinion about Lou Albano? Well, you know, as I was again, as I was researching some of these managers, what's what struck me about Albano, what one and and one of the other managers we're going to talk about, the, is is how long these guys both were married. Oh yeah. To their wives, it, it, it's it's uh, Albano was married to his wife for. Uh, almost 50 years right and and apparently he had a really good reputation among the other wrestlers of being really faithful which was sadly unusual especially back then um and and but they were uh, yeah they were they were um, high school sweethearts apparently and they were married in the early 50s so i mean it's it's amazing to me I'm, i'm always really impressed Especially in this kind of a business where marriages come and go, relationships, excuse me, relationships come and go. But he was, um, he, he was, he, you know, that, that was, that was a rock solid part of his life. And that just absolutely impresses me. And the fact that, as Tom said, the fact that he parlayed his wrestling into another kind of career with the, uh, with the, with the music, the, uh, the, the, you know, the, um, the rock and wrestling connection thing. And the, uh, the, uh, the, he had a, he had a TV career, a small movie career. Um, just, just parlayed that into success in another, um, you know, uh, in another, another part of entertainment. It, it, sure. it's, it, it speaks to how good he was. And Blassie, I think was married like five, six times. Uh, yeah, yeah, Tom, yeah. Tom your, your final thoughts on captain Lou Albano. And did you like him? Oh, I did. Um, again, like I didn't know much before the, um, uh, you know, the, the cable days with uh, music and acting later on. Uh, but um, I've gone back. We had Bob Backlund at KSWA Fan Fest a handful of years ago. And I was going back to watching some of the Bob Backlund videos. Mm-hmm. And there is a match you can easily find on YouTube where it's Bob Backlund against the Wild Samoans. He's by himself, and it's a, two, it's a two-on-one situation and with uh, Albano in the corner. And right. Bob Backlund gets out of the ring, and he goes back behind the curtain. You know, it, it was back behind the curtain. You watch wrestling today, and there's the big fireworks. There's big video. There's big everything else. Bob Backlund simply goes behind a curtain and brings out Hulk Hogan. Oh, and wow. the and the um, studio, you know, the studio audience there, which is probably about a hundred people, going out of their <laughs> minds, and then they they go in and they take care of the Samoans. And Lou Albano 
you watch Lou Albano perform a master class on how to be a, a, a heel manager, a coward manager, and just get his butt whooped by those two guys. <laughs> and you go and you watch that, and it's just, it's just it exemplifies how great of a manager and a wrestling yeah. personality is Lou Albano. Two two things with what you just said. I remember when Backland, oh uh, no, when uh, Mil Mascaris was fighting Superstar Billy Graham, and Superstar Billy Graham had asked uh, the Grand Wizard, or he had asked the referee to uh, Dick Kroll to to keep if he could keep the Grand Wizard in the corner, because in Master Square Garden they were never in the corner because they were going to get beat up. But, but anyway, they allowed Wizard to stay. So Backlund was upset. He said, okay, if you're going to have somebody, I'm going to have somebody. I'm sorry. Yeah, Mil Mascaris. Mil Mascaris goes into the uh, tunnel, like you said, behind the screen, behind the uh, curtains, and he brings back Bob Backlund. So Backlund was being primed to be the next champion, as Hogan, I probably, I guess, was primed to be the next champion, uh, how things uh, go in circles. But the, the, the final thing about Albano, as great of a talker, as great of a manager, as he was in a great promoter in Pride Heat, the thing that he was absolutely terrible, and he was less than a mediocre wrestler, but he was terrible at cutting himself and making it discreet. <laughs> he used to rip, he fought Gorilla Monsoon. He ripped the tape off of his wrists or his fingers and just started slicing himself. One time he was fighting Zabisco, and Zabisco kind of punched him a little bit. And Albano is just up there, whack, whack, whack. And Larry Zabisco says, Lou, enough. Don't do that. You know, he just, he really, he he wasn't as bad as Abdul the Butcher. That's what we, yeah. we call him, Tom the Butcher. But, um, uh, yeah, he, he butchered himself. But anyway, okay, we're going to take a quick break. And we're going to come back and talk about our next manager, Fred Blassie. But first, we're going to hear from our sponsors, Roscoe Hearing at Allergy Care Center. Uh, my policy quote, uh, call Lou Ragianti on his cell at 412-609-9963. Lou's a great guy, and he'll be there to take care of you. He's done a lot of great things for me with my insurance for sure. Criminal defense attorney Eric jackson Laurie with offices located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. Call Eric at 412-963-9308. And Adam, I know I'm reading this out of order, and I'm sorry. Next break, I'll read them in order. Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar at 502 Cabot Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call Dom at 412-372-3667. Don't forget about my book, uh, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up. Is that what the title is, Rick? Yeah. Lead from the heart up, not the neck up. How to create a positive winning culture on the field and in the office. You can get that at the Barnes Noble and Robinson Township, barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com, and, of course, my website, The Boxing Authorities, boxing's best TV show by far. With Luther Dupree Jr. and Smoking Jim Frazier, you can check us out on Channel Box. Click on WBC Live. A new podcast I've been doing, the Pennsylvania Basketball Coaches Podcast. You can check that out on pa-bca.org. And a radio show with Steve Mancini, Italian Impact Weekly on WKHB Radio, 102.1 FM, 94.1 FM, 92.3 FM, and 620 AM. There is going to be some news on that show, a little rebranding, uh, some different things happening with that show it's going well, but it's going to go even better. And don't forget about on again on my show, the Claudio Rosano show, the one you're listening to now. Don't forget about the archives. 
Click on that with Mario Andretti, Ken Griffey Sr., Vince Ferragamo, Rocky Blyer, Jerry Cooney, Donnie Lalonde, Vinny Paz, Jim Rooker, Sid Bream. I uh, got a bunch of Vinny, uh, Vince Papali, Dick Vermeil, a bunch of great guys. So check that out as well. So come on back with Tom Liturgy and Rick Mitchell talking wrestling managers of the 70s and 80s. Dr. Roscoe, I've been talking to my dad and he seems out of sorts, like he can't understand what I'm saying. It's not just a hearing problem, Jolie. It is a health problem. Even with a mild hearing loss, our risk of dementia doubles with age. So let's improve dad's hearing and his health. Let us be the solution to his hearing health care needs so you and dad can experience many years of understanding, laughter, and happy memories. Serving the Dubois area for over 20 years, the Roscoe Hearing Care Center in Dubois, Punxsy, and St. Mary's. The hearing solutions you've been looking for. Call us for an appointment today, 814-375-0455. The law offices of Eric Jackson Laurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Laurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar. 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Don Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. How much was your tax penalty for your health insurance last year? Were you told your health premium was going to be something, then you wound up paying a huge tax penalty? Are you tired of being lied to about your premium and then getting stuck in the penalty box? Lou and his team at My Policy Quote are your number one draft pick. They have access to all the top carriers, and as a brokerage, they have full market visibility with the tools and experience. Let Lou help you and your family find truly affordable quality insurance and quarterback your power play to get you out of the penalty box. Call Lou and his team at 412 609 9963. Okay, guys, Fred Blassi. Tom, we'll start with you again. Um, now, when you started to watch wrestling in, I mean, I'm sorry, if you caught with Albano in 80, late 84, before WrestleMania 1, Blassi was still a pretty prominent uh, manager. So, your thoughts on Fred Blassi? Well, first off, with Fred Blassi, you know, he looked the same way he looked. He looked 60 years old right. from the very first moment you ever saw him till the day he died. He looked exactly the same, which is, which is phenomenal. You, you know, when he was on I Love Lucy and, uh, you know, he would make television appearances way back when, he looked exactly the same as he did, as he did right. decades later. Um, I loved Freddie Blassie. Uh, first off, uh, you mentioned your book. One of the best wrestling books there is is Freddie Blassie's book. Um, and it is, uh, there was one thing that I thought that I noticed in that. Uh, and Rick mentioned that Fred was married in that a handful of times. One thing that always uh, stood out for me in the book was Fred said that he wrote his then uh, prospective wife, who was nearly 30 years his junior, he wrote a, a letter twice a day. 
and uh. send her a letter twice a day. Imagine that today. I think uh, that's that's something that's a little overboard, I, I would think, by today's standards. But then I text my wife all the time. But anyway, <laughs> Fred Blassie was somebody that, especially with the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine a better manager with the Iron Sheik? And and um, I know Slick went, was uh, replaced him somewhere along the line, but um, – there was never, there was not a better manager for those guys than uh, Freddie Blassie. Rick, one of <laughs> one of my favorite Fred Blassie stories or little little things was <laughs> it, it was it was uh, I believe it was his second wife that when he talked about her he claimed he didn't remember her name or he was uh, spit. He was. Spit. I, I that to me, that's one of the funniest things I ever yeah, heard him too. say. Me too. Just absolutely hilarious. And yeah, it, compared to Lou Albano, yeah, Blassie was uh, not quite a. Uh, he didn't have quite as, as long a, uh, a a marriage as uh, see, maybe maybe in 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 total. You know, he was married as long <laughs> as Albano was, right, but right. not uh, not to the same woman. Um, but obviously. Uh, Blassie had a, a, a long career as a wrestler. In fact, in fact, he was a, he was one of the biggest heels in the fifties and the in the early sixties, especially in Japan and Los Angeles. He was big in Los Angeles. And in Japan, the, the Japanese people would see him coming down the street, and they would run from him. He used to file his teeth, <laughs> you know, as as an intimidation thing. And he would bite the foreheads of his opponents and things like that. I mean, so he he had he generated a ton of heat. He had very popular. And Tom mentioned he had a he had a television career and he he did Dick Van Dyke and a few other shows. And but then but but his you know what when when he came into my came onto my radar was as a manager. You know when I was younger, um, and uh, he was man he brought in Hulk Hogan. Uh, and Hogan was a heel, you know, at the time, early, early heel, uh, before he went to the, um, AWA and then obviously came back to the, uh, WWF with, you know, with the championship runs and everything. But, uh, and, and, and the, one of the things that I remember about Blassie the most is the, is not only the interviews, because he was solid, real solid interview, not, he was no, he wasn't in the same class, say, as Albano. Uh, as far as the interviews go, but some of the verbiage, oh, yeah. you know, uh, just neck he had a, he had a neck like a stack of dimes, right, you know, right. just stuff like that used, used to crack me up. And then he did that song, Pencil Neck Geek. Right. And it was just, you know, just the funniest thing in the world. And, you know, it's, it's when these heels, heels and whether the wrestlers or managers, when they get positive heat, when they get, when, 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 when they get big pops for these things, and they become popular, you know. They kind of transcend the whole. Well, I'm supposed to be a bad guy, but then they get people that you know, like when when Flair was the was was uh, supposed to be a bad guy. People would dress in suits. The fans would dress yeah, in suits yeah. and cheer him. You know, things like that. And Blassie kind of got that same kind of heat. Well, he got the same kind of pop anyway. Um, but yeah, just the uh, uh, and Tom brought up. Um, uh, the Sheik and Koloff, and then obviously the Sheik against Hogan. 
um, you know, uh, in, uh, for the championship. But yeah, the, uh, Blassie, it was, it was the peripheral stuff with Blassie, not necessarily the wrestling, but it was the outside stuff that I, I just loved about him. He just, that's, he made me laugh with the cane and with all that just, it just was really the best. And, you know, Tom mentioned Nikolai Volkov and of course, the Iron Sheik. He also had, uh, George Steele for a while, which was pretty yeah. good. And, um, but yeah, he, he, uh, he was a huge wrestling wrestler in Los Angeles. And then, um, he had a lot of heat with, with Blassie, uh, I'm sorry, with Bruno. And, um, but he, he was, he was a, our age, our age bracket. We didn't remember him as a wrestler, obviously, but he would, right. like you said, he, he used to do the fire thing. He used to bite. He was crazy. He won some of those, you know, West Coast titles, but um, he was a, a he became a huge friend of uh, Vince McMahon Sr. and obviously was a manager for years. And then later on, he worked in the front office with them. But uh, I, I still remember, you know, out of all the things he did, even with the Sheik, the thing I remember is WrestleMania. I, I guess it had to be one when Koloff and uh, Sheik won the belts when he hit Rotunda, I believe it was, with the cane, and the cane collapsed. Yeah. And, and for yeah. some reason, I remember that the the, the most. Yeah. But um, and yeah. and his interviews were were very good. He was he was more miserable than Blassie. Blassie was, I mean, uh, than Albano. The thing with Blassie too is he had a lot. He had Killer Khan. He had a lot of the foreign guys. Killer Khan, whenever you know the angle of him breaking Andre's uh, foot. Or yeah. that was that, that was big yeah. in the summer of '81. That was uh, quite a right. run. Uh, but um, but Blassie is oh th- then the other one that uh, and we're going to talk about the next manager, the Grand Wizard. They had um, I think it was '77. I think '76, '77 when um, they had the Manager of the Year award, right? And it's on, yeah. that's on YouTube as well, Tom and Rick, and they had. Yeah. Blassie, Albano, the Wizard, and Arnold Scaland. We call them all. Me and Rick and our friends, we we announce we pronounce these guys differently. But anyway, Arnold yeah. <laughs> Arnold Scaland. And then um, when uh, Blassie didn't get it, he got all upset. He he was going to call his attorneys, and he left. Grand Wizard <laughs> was going to. You'll hear from my attorneys. He left. Albano lost to Arnold Scaland. So Scaland is getting interviewed by by uh, Vince McMahon Jr. And, and Albano blasts both of them with the trophy and breaks it to pieces. And one of the pieces flies out of the ring, whereas nowadays there have been lawsuits. But, um, but yeah, that, that obviously comes to mind. But uh, we'll slide into the Grand Wizard before we go into the break. Uh, Rick, we'll start with you. Uh, Grand Wizard, uh, your, your thoughts on him? Well, <laughs> you know what I'd like to say. Um, about the Grand <laughs> Wizard, uh, about his interview style. Right. Uh, let's just say in the seventies they got away with a lot more than they could get away with now. Oh yeah. Um, we, well, they all they all could. Yeah. They did, but uh, just but the what 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 I find really interesting about the Wizard is that uh, his name was Ernie Roth, so he was he was of Jewish heritage, and he and he developed the the Grand Wizard character as a thumb thumb his nose to the KKK, the white supremacist KKK, which I thought, okay, that's the, the, you know that, that especially for back then, you know, didn't really you know that, that, that you know, and probably a lot of people didn't know 
that he was Jewish or, or what his real name was or any of that stuff. It is a lot different today where everybody knows, you know, everything about you. Um, so it's kind of, it's hard to keep kayfabe and all of that. Um, but obviously the biggest, um, uh, the biggest thing about the wizard that pops to mind is, uh, you know, with, you know, him leading superstar, uh, to the title again, again, against Bruno, um, and just uh, just his just the, the turban and the the little thin sunglasses and the crazy outfits and all of that. And one thing I did learn about him was it was his responsibility back in the day to make sure the ring got from town to town. That was I was like, oh wow, they that was it. So apparently, what a lot of the managers were also bookers, and they did the kind of the grunt work. Uh, for that so he he actually made sure the ring the actual wrestling ring got from got broken down and went and packed up and went to the next town which i thought was interesting um but but claudio and i always talk about um what they what, what the interviews were like back in the 70s and people would get arrested today if they said <laughs> half of the stuff that these guys said back then oh, yeah. and it, it's amazing how times have changed and i'm not saying it's it's for better or for worse i'm just saying it's amazing if you look at some of these old interviews like claudia always says to go on youtube and look at some of these interviews from the 70s the things they got away with now it would be sacrilege today and and the grand wizard was was you know right up there with some of the things that came out of his mouth but nobody blinked then nobody thought uh, nobody thought you know anything about it it was just the way things happen but now oh goodness gracious not not even close to being able to do things like that and like i said i'm not saying that it's a good thing or a bad thing because it was all you know it was all the kayfabe but now you know i can't imagine it's part of the that, show right he didn't bear any ill will towards these guys but no. you know it's just it's amazing what they did get away with and when i think about that the grand wizard always leaps to mind Tom, your thoughts on the Grand Wizard? The Grand Wizard, you know, uh, Rick brought something up that uh, I hadn't realized until this conversation that, uh, you know, the Albano was the manager of Ivan Koloff when he beat um, uh, Bruno San Martino. And uh, the Grand Wizard was the manager of superstar Billy Graham when he beat Bruno San Martino for the belt. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, they had nothing to do with the ultimate out outcome of the match. You know, today, uh, you know, like a Jim Cornette would have much more, you know, in the in the 80s, he had much more to do with things. And even on the, uh, even today, the the influence of somebody like the Grand Wizard, there's a, there's a manager in AEW, and it's on the uh, Ring of Honor brand, Prince Nana. He wears a turban. And he has some of the uh, flamboyance of uh, the Grand Wizard. And I think of KSWA manager, uh, Mayor Mystery, another guy that is a flamboyant, uh, perfect heel manager for some of these bad guys. Just, you know, he, the Grand Wizard, has much more lineage than he's even given credit for uh, with managers of today. Uh, with the sunglasses and whether it be a turban or a hat or whatever, just the overall right. look 
he was one of those guys that Rick mentioned that was in charge of the in charge of the ring. These guys, all these guys we talked about, except uh, Ernie Roth. He, he wasn't big enough back in the day to be a wrestler. These guys were wrestlers, and they kind of aged out, and the promoters loved them. So they found something for them to do if they worked in the office or were managers on television to help get guys over, like Freddie Blassie. Uh, one of the things about Freddie Blassie, he knew how to get out of the way of the Good talent. Good point. Great and point. These yeah. guys knew how to get out of the way of the talent. And uh, they were all very good at that. And they used to say the same thing about the Wizard as well. But he also was the manager of Stan Stasiak when Stasiak beat Pete Morales and Bruno beat Stasiak. That's right. That's right. Yes, he was. And uh, he also had, he had Ken Patera. For the uh, Intercontinental, Pat Patterson, the original North American champion, which slid over to the Intercontinental. He also had Morocco uh, for a little while uh, as well. So he had, you know, a number of belts and he was a very prominent manager. And somehow McMahon Sr. and later Jr. for a little bit was able to, I mean, Skolin just had Bruno and Backlund with the major, you know, titles. Um, unless I'm missing somebody and I don't think I am, but, um, uh, somehow he was able to spread the ball, so to speak, you know, he Blasi Albano and the wizard got a lot of, uh, attention. They got a lot of champions, be it a tag team or the, the world, ch- the, the heavyweight champ or, uh, the intercontinental. So they were very prominent. None of them ever. My point is none of them ever, was left behind and that's to mcmahon's credit senior and a little bit junior towards the end and uh, but but wizard had his own way like like rick said to uh to be entertaining and annoying and so on and so forth and uh we're going to take another quick break and when we come back we're going to talk about bobby the brain heenan and we're going to rank the four so uh, when we come back uh, to the claudio rosano show brought to you by roscoe hearing and allergy care center also, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar at 502 Cavett Avenue in Traffic, Pennsylvania. Call Dom at 412-372-3667. Dom's a great guy. Criminal defense attorney Eric Jackson-Lurie, who just called me seconds ago, uh, with offices located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. Call Eric at 412-963-9308. Eric's another, another wonderful guy. love Eric. One of my best friends. He's a family member. And my policy quote, call Lou Ragianti on his cell at 412-609-9963. I only get involved with great people and, and lose great people. Don't forget about my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. Get that at my website, Barnes Noble and Robinson, barnesnoble.com, amazon.com. The best boxing show out there by far. The Boxing Authorities with Luther Dupree Jr. and Smoking Jim Frazier. Check us out on Channel Box. Click. On the WBC live link, our this week's guest, Rick, was Vinny Paz. You know that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, PA Basketball Coaches Association uh, podcast on pa-bca.org. And our new radio show with Steve Mancini uh, and myself, Italian Impact Weekly on WKHB Radio, 102.1 FM, 94.1 FM, 92.3 FM, and 620 AM. Although there is going to be some rebranding, some changes to that show coming soon. So you'll hear some messages and notes on that on this show as well. So come on back with Rick Mitchell and Tom Liturgy talking wrestling managers of the 70s and 80s. 
Why is it when I talk to my mom, she can't understand me? She gets so cranky and irritable. Well, your mother's ears cannot understand speech sounds, and that leaves her trying to guess what you said. This makes conversation exhausting for her. Can we help her? Yes, Julie. Once we improve her hearing, she'll be less frustrated and be able to enjoy talking with you again. If your loved one needs help hearing and understanding, call the Roscoe Hearing Center at 814-375-0455. Hearing solutions with the care you've been looking for. The law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Dom Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. Are you tired of paying too much for health insurance? With those enormous premiums, you lose yardage, then get sacked with all the upfront costs. What are you paying for? Lou and his team at My Policy Quote are your number one draft pick. They have access to all the top carriers, and as a brokerage, they have full market visibility with the tools and experience. Let Lou help you and your family find truly affordable quality insurance and quarterback your power play to get you out of the penalty box. Call Lou and his team at 412-609-9963. Okay, fellas, finally, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Tom. Bobby the Brain Heenan is the guy, is the main guy that when I watched in the 80s, you know, I was a Hulkamaniac. When um, Hogan came on the scene, I was a teenager and uh, was really, aside from Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan was the only really wrestler that I knew back then because, again, no cable. We really didn't, I didn't know much about Bruno San Martino until much later. Uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan was the guy that was the uh, always feuding with Hogan, always wanted to get over on Hogan. And he brought the monsters of the day, whether it big King Kong Bundy or big John Studd, or when Andre the Giant turned against Hulk Hogan. Uh, that was the That was the main guy for me. So to rank these guys is a little bit difficult for me because I can't compare uh, the wizard with uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan, because I just don't know the wizard as well as I do Bobby the Brain Heenan. But for me, he was uh, number one with a bull. Rick? We always talk about the talkers, the, the, best, the best mic skills. You know, Ric Flair comes up, people like that. Always, we, we always talk about that. I think the the one who gets who doesn't get enough credit to be included with the wrestlers. I'm not talking about just managers. I'm talking about included with the wrestlers is Heenan. Heenan has got to be on the Mount Rushmore of Mike skills. Uh, Albano had his way. Wizard had his way. Uh, Blassie had his way. But Heenan 
is maybe Jim Cornette is in that conversation with Heenan as far as managers go. Um, but, but Heenan has to be on the Mount Rushmore of Mike skills, period. Not no, no, no qualifiers, just period. You know, um, he was, he was quick. He was <laughs> engaging. He was funny. Some of the lines, I mean, the, the, the calling people ham and eggers and things like that. Just That's right. <laughs> some of these, some of these old lines are just the best. And he, and he was a wrestler. He had, he had, you know, some nominal success in the, uh, in the early seventies. Uh, not, you know, not nothing huge or whatever, but again, like Albano, he found his calling as a manager, as a talker, and then parlayed that into um, talk about Mike skills in, in, as a color commentator, both as with the WWF, WWE, and uh, the, the WCW. And the one thing that stands out to me about Heenan is when Gorilla Monsoon died. Yeah. Uh, he was working with WCW at the time, Heenan. And he said that, you know, he broke kayfabe. He 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 blurred the line between the two organizations, and in he he had a really heartfelt tribute to a guy that. And then people realized how close they were. Um, they were they were really good friends, even though one was a heel and one was a babyface, you know. And they the, he he kind of blurred those lines, and he showed some humanity. And he said, no, this is going to be, I'm going to do this for my friend, you know? And like, you know, they, uh, he said something about the gorilla position and all that. And it was really, really, uh, really, really sweet. I thought it was very, very nice that he had done that. And he totally blew kayfabe because he was a heel and he, and he, it, but, but he let everybody know that there, that there's kind of a real, uh, real life aspect to this and a friend of his had just died and he wanted to, tri- you know, uh, a tribute to him, which I thought was really, really nice. And I always remember the, about he and his, his mic skills and, and that tribute to, to Monsoon that one night when he was with uh, WCW. Yes, I, I certainly remember that. I'd say another thing, and, and Tom mentioned some of the people that he had. He had yeah. Ken Pateri, he had John Studd, he had King Kong Bundy, but in the AWA, he had Nick Bockwinkle for years, yeah. Yeah. and that was a huge, huge team for for years. But you know what? What 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 sticks out of my mind is obviously the show with uh, with uh, Gorilla Monsoon on USA Network. But when uh, Ken Patera came back from jail, he would refer to him as eight five eight two zero four two. He'd always say, and it was hilarious because he would yeah. say it was such a smug, cocky way. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, like you said, Rick, I, I I could go on and on with some of the things he would say that was really quick. And he was just yeah. hysterical. And um, but but again, these things can be checked out on YouTube. And and Tom, I wasn't gonna do this, but I and, and you don't have to answer this. So forgive me for doing this if I'm putting you in a bad spot. You're obviously you're obviously still uh Involved in wrestling, professional wrestling. For me, for me, and, I, and I'll tell you a quick story. I was on my way, and Rick knows where it is, a place called Saffron's here in Swickley. Don't ask me why I was thinking about this. Don't ask me why, but I'm walking the Saffron's, and it was during the Brian Pillman, Stone Cold Steve Austin rivalry when he went into his house and all that stuff. I said to myself, this is probably 
going to be the last. I'm going to stop watching wrestling soon. Not that I don't appreciate the athleticism, because I do. But Rick and I watched, obviously, from the 70s, 80s. We used to go to our friend Tom's house, watch the pay-per-views. And it was just unbelievably magical, as Rick always puts it. And then Rick and I, I was telling my wife the other day, we, we used to watch ECW uh, midnight before we'd watch our friend Vince Kaplack, Vince Charming with PWX. Uh, so, but I, I don't watch it anymore. No disrespect to today's wrestlers or wrestling. I miss, I, I'd say, what, what year, Rick? 98 back. But even, yeah, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't right. even watch. Maybe a little further. Maybe, maybe yeah. 2001, 2002. Well, yeah. we used to go to Tom's, yeah. But that was just sure. to go up there and eat sandwiches and break back. But, <laughs> but the actual matches, I used to go every month. My brother used to take me every month, Tom, from oh. 80 to 82 uh, until he lost his mind. But that's another story. Uh, but uh, Rick's tired hearing all those stories. But but no, never get tired of hearing that. <laughs> but it, it was just magical, and so my question to you. Yeah. What What do you like better? When you were younger, the 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 Fred the Lou Albano Cindy Lauper beginning there WrestleMania one two three or present. Well, I have to quantify that as. Um, you know, I'm a ring announcer for Pittsburgh's official. Uh, right. Independent I, that's why I shouldn't have asked you this question. Organization. Um, I shouldn't have asked you this but yes, question. Back, but yes, back in the back in the 80s, when I watched J.J. Dillon uh, talking about a manager that oh, yeah. is easily uh, top five, if not top three, uh, yeah. you know, J.J. Dillon and the N.W.A. against, uh, you know, W.W.F. at the time. When Dusty was on top and Hogan was on top and Ric yeah, Flair yeah. was on top, that's that's without question the best time for me. Um, I I do write for Slam Wrestling now, so you know I do go to some of the shows when they come to town and I and I review the not so much the in ring stuff, but the uh, what's going on outside the ring. You know, I always make make jokes about the people that bring the trophy belts to. Um, for television matches. I, I think right. that people should have to defend them. Um, you know, if a kid brings a belt, <laughs> that's one thing. You know, another guy brings two uh, replica belts that's, you know, just, uh, you know, you know, leave your stuff at home. Um, but television wrestling today, I I almost find it's sad. WWE is, is sad to me because they're just running the same people out there all the time. And it's, and it's boring. Um, I do enjoy AEW just as something different. Um, you know, they're they're a bad independent. They're booked like a bad independent. And I, uh, outside of the KSWA, I've worked for some bad independents. And AEW is booked as a bad independent. But uh, I do enjoy it. And, um, and I do enjoy the athleticism and some of the storytelling and that sort of thing. But I look at it a little bit of a different, uh, different eye than some. But Long and short of it is, yeah, back in the 80s uh, was far more um, interesting to me. I hope I didn't put you in a bad spot. No, no, I could talk about this all day. All right. Rick, <laughs> rate, rate your, your top five managers. That, we didn't, not, it didn't have to be the guys we discussed, but top sure. five managers. Um, 
Well, again, um, it's is it is it uh, you know accomplishment? Is it on the mic? Is it this? Is whatever so, whatever the whole package. Gotcha. Okay. So um, and don't mouth off to me. <laughs> my fault. Sorry, I forgot whose show this was. Um, it's Adam's uh, show. I can't do it without Adam. Yeah, that, no, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, honestly, I mean, for for. For just sheer entertainment value, Captain Lou's on top. Just sheer entertainment. I could watch his interviews all day. Uh, and just the way he moved and the way he waddled around the ring, it just, you know. Uh, as far as uh, best on the mic. Well, just the whole even. thing. The total pack. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Do- yeah. And, and, and so uh, probably, okay, so, so top five would be, uh, boy, I'm, not, I'm trying to come up with an order here. Um, but 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 Albano Heenan, um, I got to put Cornette at third because Cornette again, you just just incredible mic skills, and and just a student of the sport, uh, uh, just just absolutely a, a, a oh, savant yeah. when it comes to wrestling knowledge. For sure. Um, and he was so annoying, which is exactly what you wanted out of a out of a heel manager. Um, and then and then Blassie. Um, Arnold Scullin really didn't do much. He no. just was kind of there. So yeah, not uh, you know not a giant fan of his. But uh, um, yeah, you know what, James J. Dillon, like Tom said, I, I'll put Dillon in the top five just because he was associated with the best group probably ever in wrestling, the best the best uh, you know team ever in wrestling as the Four Horsemen. So I'll give it to James J. Dillon. All right, Tom. I'm going to have to go with uh, Heenan as number one. J.J. Dillon is number two. I'm a Jim Cornette guy, too, and I listen to his podcast all the time. Right. Uh, right. Very, very good to this very day. I'll have to put uh, a tie between Albano and Blassie. And another guy, believe it or not, mostly known as a referee, but did a lot of work as a manager, especially on the local level. And I'm going to I'm going to leave uh, our own uh, Mayor Mystery uh, in a special category. Brian Hildebrand from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, Actually yeah. grew up yeah. across the street from my wife as kids. Wow. And um, when when uh, Brian was inducted into the KSWA Hall of Fame a couple of years ago, I was writing a piece on Brian Hildebrand, and I said something to my wife, and she said, yeah, the, you know, the family across the street from from us were Hildebrands. I said, oh, yeah, you know, do you remember any other names? And she rattled off a name. She goes, and Brian. And it's like she grew up across the street from Brian Hildebrand. And uh, and her brothers knew him and everything else. And um, they had no idea that he was such a beloved, uh, mainly, like I said, a referee, uh, but a, a manager as well. I have to put Brian Hildebrand, uh, Mark Curtis, uh, in there sure, as well. Sure, sure. Okay. And we got to, we got to, you mentioned the Hall of Fame a couple of times. We got to get Vince Kaplack, big time Vince Kaplack in your Hall of Fame there, Tom. <laughs> he, had a hell of, he had a hell of a career. Vinny had a hell of a career at yes, BWX for yes, sure. He did. Um, okay. Here's, uh, he was what, NWA junior uh, heavyweight champ. He had 11 titles altogether. He, he did pretty good. Tag team with, uh, uh, what was the, the Midnight Express? Or the Rock, no, no, not the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express, uh, Gibson. Gibson. Yeah, Robert Gibson. Robert Gibson. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. And so he we, shared. He Vince also. You said the 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 uh, NWA um, uh, junior heavyweight that right. uh, Fred Blassie also had that 
title many oh, wow. years before. So okay. they, they share, they have that in common. Vinny's in uh, very good company there, but we got to consider yeah. Vinny now, Tom. All right. Yeah, sir. Um, yeah, sir. Okay. Here's mine. Albano number one for uh, just the whole package and, and including the wrestlers that he had. That's how I do it. Mike skills, wrestlers, everything. Bobby Heenan. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with Blassie. Number four, um, I'm gonna, I, again, I enjoy the Wizard. I, I'm, I'm old school. Maybe I'm a little biased. I'm going with Wizard. Number five, I, Jimmy Hart. I, I tell you what, I'm going to put Jimmy Hart up there. Yeah. When, when and this, this, there was some ties there, but when the Honky Talk Man was uh, in the, the Snake Pit with Jake Roberts, and he said, "Okay, I'm going to play my song." Uh, that's all right, Mama, or whatever the hell it was called. And then he kept saying he was going to play it. He was going to play it. And Snake Robert said, well, play it. Sing it. And he he strummed the guitar, and he started singing it, and he was terrible. And the fans booed him, and Jake Roberts just busted his back and just ripped him to shreds, right? Well, Jake turned away, and Honky Talk Man blasted him in the head, which Jake Roberts to this day said it was not a – balsa wood type guitar it really blasted him and he had to get surgery from it um and knocked him out right he busted him up pretty good and jimmy hart's screaming how's the song how's he sound now how's he sound now <laughs> i just thought i mean it wasn't scripted he was ripping on jay on uh the honky talk man Honky talk my boy. He said, You're terrible. You can't sing that song. He blasts him. He says, How's it sound now? And I just <laughs> laugh. So that's why I put him number five. I mean, he he had some wrestlers, you know, he he, he had uh, uh, a nice, you know, some tag teams and all that kind of stuff. But I, I just I enjoyed Jimmy Hart uh, a hey, lot. Hey, Jimmy so. Hart has a, I believe, a top ten hit. And on the on the billboard uh billboard uh, top uh one hundred the hot one hundred. Him and Rick Derringer, he, I think, right? No, he actually was in. Jimmy Hart was actually in a band called The Gentries back in the sixties, right. and they had a okay. song called "Keep On Dancing," okay. and that and, and that was a I think I believe it was a top ten hit. So before wow. he was the mouth of the South, he uh, he he had some he had some music success. And, well, it's and interesting Rick, you mentioned Jimmy Hart. It's interesting you men, mentioned Jimmy Hart because. He had a legendary managing career in Memphis before he. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Right. That's right. Now th those guys we mentioned. I mean, we can go on and on. They they brought so much enjoyment, and like I said, every Tom, every single night, that that brings me back to when I was a kid, and and um, you know these are great times too. I'm not saying that I'm a very blessed person, but it was like Rick says, it was magical back then. Going to the matches. Yeah was like wow what the hell yeah it was it was just just magical it was it was a fun time a special time and i only hope that the kids today enjoy wrestlers and baseball players and football players basketball players as we did when when we were kids and that's i i i only hope that so but uh Tom, I, I really appreciate you being on. We said we were going to do this and i'm really glad you came on hopefully one of these days i get to meet you but um, it was great having you on. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Boy, that that hour went by in a flash, didn't it? It really, um, did. Yeah. it really did. I really appreciate the invite. And anytime you want to have me back, I'd be more than willing. And we'll definitely have you back on. Rick, always a pleasure to have you on, brother. Always a pleasure, Claude. I, I look forward to it every time. 
All right. We got to get wings with Mr. Caplack here soon. Amen. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. And as always, uh, thank you, Adam Zaluth. Uh, continue to listen to our great show. Subscribe to the channel. Don't forget about my book, The Boxing Authorities, the other podcasts, the radio show. And you can also, like, and Steve's going to kill me, you can also listen to the archives of the Italian Impact Weekly, which, again, is going to be rebranded here soon, on ItalianImpactWeekly.com. And as always, thank you to the listeners, and thank you, Mom and Pop. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to The Claudio Rosano Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Be sure to tune in next time on ClaudioRosano.com. I talk to my mom, she can't understand me. She gets so cranky and irritable. Well, your mother's ears cannot understand speech sounds, and that leaves her trying to guess what you said. This makes conversation exhausting for her. Can we help her? Yes, Julie. Once we improve her hearing, she'll be less frustrated and be able to enjoy talking with you again. If your loved one needs help hearing and understanding, call the Roscoe Hearing Center at 814-375-0455. Hearing solutions with the care you've been looking for. Offices of Eric Jackson Lorry are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lorry are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lorry are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson. Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Dom Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. Are you tired of paying too much for health insurance? With those enormous premiums, you lose yardage, then get sacked with all the upfront costs. What are you paying for? Lou and his team at My Policy Quote are your number one draft pick. They have access to all the top carriers, and as a brokerage, they have full market visibility with the tools and experience. Let Lou help you and your family find truly affordable quality insurance and quarterback your power play to get you out of the penalty box. Call Lou and his team at 412-609-9963.